Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good evening, everybody. Hello and welcome to another edition of the OMG Strike Zone, the FAMU Triumvirate. I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier and Kofi Hemingway, uh, my brothers from another mother who uh, have adopted me into the into the, uh, into the FAMU, family, uh, as we like to call it. How you guys doing, Kofi? How you doing, Kelvin? Doing great, man. You, you, you... <laughs> You be doing too much, man. Just too much. We ain't adopt you nothing. You a rattler. That's it. You were born a rattler, and that's the that's the end of the story. Now you you came into uh, the knowledge of everything, you know, in the late eighties and everything. But you know, we ain't adopt you or nothing like that. You was a grown man. I can man. never. I can never touch you. You two were were when you say you two were born into it. You guys grew up in it. You know, me, I moved into it, you know. So when I say adopter, I'm still learning. I'm still learning stuff 30 years in. So, you know, man, I, I, I'm i just glad y'all let me be a part of of, of of all this orange and green glory. Changed my life. So that that's why I'm so humbly appreciative to be a part of the uh, of Rattler Nation. Hey, we still learning too, by the way, uh, yeah. even though we were born into it. But 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 yeah, you 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 an orphan. I, I'm with you, brother. You you welcome. We, we carry you along. We we, we raise our family, right? <laughs> yeah, because I, I can't that. necessarily I... claim you. You be doubting too much, man. I got to. Got to yeah, worry. No worry. Yeah, you we, always worry. Yeah. yeah, we got to tighten you up. Yeah, that, that's just let, let, let that rattle. Yeah, you got to let that rattle. You know, warn people, man. We we we, we, we don't worry. We warn. <laughs> look, it, look, there's, there's two, look, I moved to a state. Look, understand, fellas. I moved to a state where A, I'm afraid of the I'm afraid of the ocean, and B, I'm afraid of snakes. So I mean, let just let I'm just gonna let you know those two things about me. So I mean, just by the fact that I'm a rattler and I live in Florida, I mean, come on now. I mean, I'm 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 fighting an uphill battle every day in this state. I'm just it, it just is. It just is what it is. So I'm not afraid to admit that. I am who I am, right? Yeah. All right. So yeah. uh, everybody watching. Well, say Mighty Rattler. Do you know the words to Mighty Rattler? Just oh, my tell God. Right don't do you, do you know the words to Mighty? I ain't going to put you on the spot like that. 
You are putting me on the spot. No. Yes. Anyway, welcome to the ONG Strike Zone. <laughs> Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. I'm getting hazed up here. See, I opened that door and I'm about to turn around and walk out of it. Um, if you're watching the show, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, make sure to uh, follow the show at ONG Strike Zone on social media. And also go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google Apple Play Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN is where you can find us. Thank you to everybody who's been watching the show over the last few days, uh, last watch few weeks, actually. The numbers have been outrageous. They've been great. We've been picking up followers. Uh, so we appreciate you guys for watching, sharing the show. Uh, we already see some people already in the chat rooms. Uh, Mary 305, Dr. Lori, Tamara T., the, the regulars in there, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Who's that? Dr. Dr. Strachan. Strachan? How do you say Okay. Kofi, that's one of your people. Okay. That's good, good yeah, to yeah, see yeah. some people. Yeah, okay. So we got some people checking in already. Look at uh, Green Keith, Jay Bubba, you know, some, uh, we look, it's all love, all HBCU love. I'm sure there's some people there on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, we, we say hey to everybody out there watching us. That's script nation. ONG, script strike, nation. Zone, ONG strike zone at gmail.com. Send us an email, your thoughts. If you're not already following us on one of these places, you can always donate to the show. Just scroll right up there to the top in the YouTube chat. You can donate to the show. A cup of coffee is always appreciative. Help keep this thing going. Um, and we appreciate those who have already contributed uh, uh, into the collection plate. Got Brian. a lot to talk about. Yeah, go ahead, sir. What you got? Hey, before you get started with everything, because I saw a little yes, comment under talking about, you know, the talking about, you know, don't nobody know no parts to Mighty Rattle except with your bad self, you know. But there are words that we learn to the song. So I'm gonna sing it real quick and then we're gonna get on with the get on. It's All right. we are the rattlers. We are the rattler, the mighty, mighty rattler. Everywhere we go. We are with your best. With your best. That's how I go. Yo, that boy can sing. That boy can sing. Says it chocolate, y'all. Says it chocolate. That boy good. Hey, look, I'm not going to lie. I, if I knew it, I forgot it. I'm just going to say that. Um, But, well, appreciate that. We might have to somehow run that uh, on a loop and uh, play that again. Definitely. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, you know, we got to educate people. That's what we try to do on this show. Try to educate people, right? Absolutely. Hey, uh, the Rattler baseball team, on today's show, we got to talk about a big game that happened over in Birmingham. The first game, first day of the SWAC baseball championship started with our Rattlers um look the game got pushed three hours and look speaking speaking as someone who just went through a 18 field tournament as a broadcaster i do not envy 
what my good friend Charles Edmonds has to go through today. Because trust me, I was the I was up at uh, two o'clock in the morning calling a Edward Waters Florida Memorial baseball game that got delayed the fourth day, the fourth game of a uh, elimination night for the uh, Tyson Foods Black College World Series. And thank God for five hour energy because somehow I made it through that. But yes, when the games get pushed back, I don't understand. I don't, you know, look, it is a tough go. So we were supposed to play at 9 a.m. Central. Uh, that's 10 Eastern. The game did not start until what? Three and a half hours later due to weather uh, in the morning in Birmingham. So the first pitch didn't really go off until uh, I'm looking at the box score. First pitch didn't actually happen until 1235 p.m. Central time. So that's 135 Eastern. And they're supposed to play four games today. I, I don't think that's happening I, unless they're just going to be at the ballpark until one this morning. Uh, I don't know how they're going to play. I think right now they're still in the middle of game number uh, two. I think game two, yeah, with uh, Bethune and Grambling. So yeah, last yeah, I so checked, it was yeah, last I checked, it was four two Bethune in the eighth. Yeah, yeah. So we're taking on Prairie View, of course. FAMU is the two seed by virtue of winning the tiebreaker over Bethune. Uh, we we beat Bethune that last game, which actually was enough to get us the two seed over the three seed. We took on Prairie View A&M. Prairie View was the three seed out west. Um, and one of the one of the more interesting things about this series, guys, is that among the matchups, obviously the SWAC is a, uh, in the tournament. It's East versus West on day one. But East and West don't play each other during the regular season during the conference schedule. I mean, maybe they schedule outside uh, like we did in the preseason, uh, early part of the season, rather. But they don't schedule each other uh, during the regular season. So it really is an interesting draw for the first day of the matchups. Now, you know, the West has been all about hitting. They have three of the top four teams in terms of batting average. Uh, we have the East. We have the top three pitching teams between FAMU, Alabama State, and Bethune. So if you're one of those baseball people that are kind of interested to see what stands out, pitching and hitting, I thought our first game was a great indication of pitching versus hitting um, in which, look, we ended up winning a game in extra innings, five to four, but it cannot be underscored. Uh, and, and Kelvin, I know you and I were watching it. Kofi, I think you got a chance to watch most of it as well. Um the performances by Hunter Veets to, to open the game for us was pretty doggone good. Um, and for preview, Robert Maldonado had a good game going. And I mean, look, honestly, I think preview left him in a little bit too long. Thankfully they left him in a little bit too long. Um, what was your take? Uh, let's start with the first half of the game and the opening before we get into the dramatics in the later innings, Kelvin, what was your, uh, uh, your take on the opening? It was pretty much kind of what I expected. We scored first, uh, took an early lead. Um, our pitching was solid. It wasn't spectacular, but we were. it was our ace against their ace. So they, their best pitch was going too. 
And um, we we had some base running blunders, frankly, uh, in which uh, you know we should have had two runs instead of one uh, early in that first couple of quarters. But I mean uh, innings, but but you know we had a couple of base running errors, and and then um, you know they they jumped out on us, and going into the middle late part of the game, we had to make up um, three runs. Because we were down four one going into the bottom of the eighth, so uh, you know I've seen this team play. It doesn't surprise me. I think part of the reason um, is because we hadn't seen Purview, we hadn't played them this season, and um, my experience with Coach Shoop is uh, he he tends to be a little bit conservative um, in terms of offensively. Um, you know, early on when he hasn't seen an opponent. So I think, you know, we did we probably took some strikes early that we normally wouldn't have taken uh, just to get the pitch count up and to see the pitcher and the strategy with some of that. I was pitching some of the hitters and everything. And, uh, but like I said, our pitching was, was solid for, for, you know, um, first pitch and, and we stayed close enough to uh, be able to strike at, at the end. And and it's a good sign, by the way, because in the postseason, the whole mindset is win, survive, and move on. And and when you win games, when you win games that you might have kind of stole, that's what good teams do. They find ways to win. That's what we did. So I expect us to be better um, um, our next our next game, and and it'll be against a team that we've seen, whether it's Southern or Jackson State. We we played them, so we'll be familiar with them. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Kofi, any, any takeaways from what you saw early part or late in the game? Well, you know, uh, this team, well, Coach, Coach Shoup knows how to play tournaments. And that's one thing that I really uh, admire about this team. Uh, the thing is, you know, you, you want that momentum. So now that we've got win number one, you can build off of that. Of course, every round gets tougher and tougher. So, you know, obviously, whoever we play next, we're going to have to bring our A game. So that's just really the bottom line. And uh, I'm looking forward to advance, man. That's, that's what it's all about. This is the time of year. Now, this is just single elimination, correct? No. Is it's single not, elimination it's or double? Double. It's double until the championship game. The championship game becomes single elimination. Correct. Which okay. makes no sense, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we we got to at least we got to get through here. And once we get through here, we should be in good shape. So let's let's just keep on surviving, keeping it moving on. That way we apply extra pressure to the teams that may have one loss. So we just don't want to be that team with one loss. We got to at least continue to just push through, man. So I, I like the fact that we've won two in a row now. So once we normally do that, that's a good sign. Hey, good, good point. Yeah, definitely. That is two in a row. Uh, some of the interesting for for those of you who uh, are stat nerds like myself, uh, Prairie View, four runs on 15 hits, one error. FAMU with five runs on 12 hits. What I find interesting, runners left on base. Prairie View left 12 runners on base. We only left three, according to, uh, you know, the uh, box score. 
Uh, Prairie View actually had one player from the top spot, top of the lineup, who actually left eight runners on himself. Uh, their center fielder, who's their leadoff hitter, actually left eight runners on himself. But I thought, look, that that eighth inning, if you all, I mean, had a chance to watch, by the time we got to the eighth inning, that was a maddening inning. I mean, we gave up in a tie ball game. Uh, we probably we probably should have scored. <coughs> We probably should have scored in the bottom of the seventh, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Kelvin. You might have to refresh my memory, but in the bottom of the seventh, we probably should have scored one or two runs. We didn't. Ended up being a one-one going into the eighth. Then we give up three. We give up three in the top of the eighth, and um, I mean it was <laughs> just hitting all over the field. You know, he had a single single a double a couple of doubles uh and and it's just it's just like oh my god you got to be kidding me watching what's happening here and you're just thinking okay you know hunter had to come out because that was right about where hunter had to come out um he he went seven and a third innings gave up three earned runs uh they, they they went to the bullpen uh in that inning on him and then we come back in the bottom of the eighth answer with two runs and so that was pretty impressive. And again, at that point, I'm thinking Prairie View, they make look at I they made so many questionable decisions. They're just and it's a good thing if you listen to that broadcast, Coach uh, Roger Cater, who's a a SWAC Hall of Famer. I mean, one of the, one of the goats in SWAC baseball led Southern to seven SWAC titles in a in just a decade span. But you you could you could learn so much by just listening to him call that game along with Charles Edmond, uh, he pointed out so many different things that 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 Prairie View was just leaving points. It's, it's a phrase I like to say, leaving points on the floor in basketball. It's like if you miss a layup, you miss a free throw, it's, it's, you know, you're leaving points on the floor. Well, there's so many things that Southern, uh, that Prairie View did in that game, especially in that eighth inning, that they just, they just left runs and opportunities that they missed out on. And left the door open, honestly. And and you and I'm thinking, okay, they went to their pitcher Maldonado, probably about two pitchers too long, <clears throat> which allowed us to get a couple runs. Uh, and, and then we 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 went again to another pitcher in the ninth inning. Uh, I'm looking at the box score here. Uh, ended up bringing in, I believe we brought in a relief pitcher. I got to give him some credit here. I think it was Ben Crisen. Ben Crisen came in to get one out in the uh, – it would have been the top of the ninth inning where they had a couple of runners in scoring position, and Ben comes in three pitch, three or four pitches, uh, gets a strikeout, and, and shuts down what could have been a damaging rally because that, that could have been damaging had they actually scored. But it gives us an opportunity. Uh, we come up to, to bat – and I tell you, man, some of the some of the things that we did in that contest, uh, I mean, bunning with two outs, uh, the squeeze play. I mean, we executed a perfectly executed squeeze, butt squeeze to to win, uh, to actually send the game into extra innings and tie the score up at four. Uh, pretty dramatic play, uh, to say the least. And I and I wish I I would have, I wish I would have uh, made a point to tell our director. I wish I would have clipped that, but we did clip the game-winning RBI as we went into the the uh, tenth inning. 
I don't know if she's got that pulled up. We may have to pull that up going into the uh, next break. But uh, um, shortstop, uh, make sure I get his name right, Robert Robinson, who at the time was 0-4, at the plate with two runners on. Uh, and, and look, we had just we had just singled. We had just got two hits and consecutive hits with two outs. And he comes up and he slaps the ball in the right. Great job of uh, of just sending the runner home from second base. We ended up winning five to four. Um, an outstanding effort. I, I thought it was a great, great, well managed game by Coach Shoot. You guys just pointed that out. Um, definitely was for not for the weak at heart. Uh, somebody just said, "Family baseball is not for the weak-hearted." J Mac, yes, indeed, it is not for the weak-hearted because I tell you what, I'm, I'm sitting in my office at, at school. There's not much work I got done as I'm sitting there watching that game fussing. But uh, I tell you, man, that that was an outstanding game, uh, to say the least. I don't know, Mel, our producer, do we have that? Do we have that final play ready, queued up, or do we want to come to that at the uh, open of the coming out of the next break? Tubbs looks back at second, brings it home. Curve misses. See, somebody in that Panthers dugout loved the breaking pitch. <laughs> <laughs> they love the breaking pitch. Well, you got a guy that's 0 for 4, hasn't done much. What do you yeah. What do you feed him? A dose of what? Well, uh, the kid' best pitch probably is his fastball. May not be great, but that's still his best pitch. You know. Tubbs, time called. Time is called. This is just game one. We started at 12.30 due to rain early this morning. They had the tarp on. Three more games coming up, but we're not done with this first one. Extra innings here, 4-4 game. Tubbs brings it home. Here's a base hit in the right field. Hanchi around third. Here comes the throw. It's offline. Bam, you wins. That is. <laughs> Robert Robinson, the shortstop. Robert Robinson, the shortstop with the game-winning play. Hey, how do you like Coach Kador? I was nervous about whether you send him, but Coach was like, send him. He was like, don't even hold him up. Send him. And then when I saw the that ball get kind of thrown upfield, up line, I was like, oh, that's good. We game. So, yeah, that was uh, – Hey, 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 Brian, what what did we tell you about you you and your nervousness, man, and scariness, uh, man? We we rattlers, man. We ain't no, scared. No, you need to stop it. You need to stop it. You need to stop that. <laughs> stop it. It's ridiculous. You're making me I, mad. I like, I, Calm down. Come on. It, hold on. It's, it's sports. Y'all act like y'all aren't nervous about anything. You don't ever get nervous. You don't you get have, nervous. You just, you know, when rattlers don't get nervous like that. We don't get nervous. And if we nervous, we not finna tell you we nervous. We not gonna openly confess that we nervous. We gonna chill. That's what rattlers do. We right. get mad. I'm just I'm, uh, okay. You get mad. I'm an open book, so I guess it is what it is. So yeah. Uh, okay. So as the brackets are defined, I believe we play the winner of the Southern Jackson State game. Correct. Correct. Now the question is, will that game actually happen tonight? Because that was supposed to be the fourth game of today. And it was supposed to start at 6 o'clock. 
And if the schedule maintains the way it is, that game may not get played tonight, which, I don't know, throws the rest of the schedule the next day into flux. Uh, do we know what score sure? and what game they're in? You, you, you sure about that, Brian? I thought that game was uh, scheduled for tomorrow night at 6. The, in the winner's bracket. about Jackson State and uh, what's it called? Southern. Jackson no, State. I, I, oh, you talking about Jackson State Southern. I thought you were talking about our next game. Well, right, but we can't we can't get to our game until they play their game, and they were the fourth game today is what I was getting at because originally the schedule was supposed to go 9, 12, 3, and 6. And obviously, if your first game doesn't start but for three and a half hours late, you know, that means the last game theoretically won't start until nine, potentially nine, 10 o'clock. It's 726 Central Time. And which game are they in? Game two or game three right now? Game, they should be getting ready to start game three. I'm assuming Bethune has won their game. So, so, okay. so uh, Game three should be starting in a few minutes. Okay. All right. Well, they're probably they're, look, they're probably going to try to squeeze it in, as long as the weather is not a factor, because we don't know what the weather is going to be like for the rest of the week either. So, as long as weather is not a factor, I'm imagining they're going to be playing at one in the morning. Yeah, well, which we see, did. Uh, too. That, Fam, that Fam, you had to do that in, in the Miet, by the way, uh, when we were in the tournament. Uh, we had we we played at one or two in the morning once. It okay, happens, so man. see, J-Mac just posted. He said, tonight's last game is scheduled for tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., which – so that's a big advantage for FAMU. Advantage FAMU? Yeah, because that yeah. automatically means we get we get somebody who's going to be playing who had to wake up and play at 9 in the morning, and I think they'll probably end up playing at, like, 3 in the afternoon. So – um, it's starting to shape up really nice for us. Let's just, but let's hope I, I, you know, let's, let's hope, let's keep, keep your prayers up for sunshine. That's all. I'm, I'm going to be positive, Kofi sunshine. See sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Go look at the weather. I'm just saying I'm being positive, being positive, right? I'm being positive. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got a uh, coming up on the other side. Uh, we're going to have a conversation with our uh, one of our newest, uh, I don't know if we can call him newest, but one of our returning assistant football coaches, uh, Coach Joseph Henry, who's uh, returning to, uh, to Coach Simmons' staff after a few years away in the SEC. So he's going to be the uh, new offensive coordinator. And I believe the solo, there's no co-offensive coordinator this year. Is that correct? He is the man. Is that correct? So uh, Coach Henry is the man as the OC as well as the O-line coach. So we'll talk to him coming up on the other side of the break, going to find out what life was like in the SEC for him, how that is going to help translate and make us a little bit better offensively and up front. So coming up on the other side, we talked to Coach Henry. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. 
Rethink your pack for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit-smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Welcome back to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi here. And it's a pleasure to have uh, returning to the family, returning to the uh, FAMU football coaching staff, Coach Joseph Henry. Uh, Coach, thanks for joining us tonight. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. It's great to join y'all. It's great to be back. A lot of familiar faces and can't wait to get going. All right, all right. And so for those who... Uh, who, uh, who who may not know or may have missed the release uh, last week? Um, uh, Coach uh, Simmons announced the uh, additions of three staff members, three new staff members. Uh, one of those being Coach Henry here, and of course, uh, Coach spent the last three seasons 
uh, in the SEC with LSU, uh, his alma mater, Arkansas, and the Missouri Tigers. And, uh, of course, prior to that, he was uh, part of uh, Coach Simmons' inaugural staff that was here at FAM, and, of course, he was with him at Prairie View. Uh, so, Coach, as you as you come back from, from doing a tour in the SEC, uh, what kind of things – did you kind of experience or, or see uh, in in the SEC or working with those guys that, you know, brings you into this role where now you'll be the offensive coordinator as well as the O-line coach? What kind of things are you going to be able to bring uh, to the table this year? One of the – just something I believe in as an assistant coach is Nader that uh, with each new relationship you with each new stop you have on your journey, uh, I kind of have a scavenger type mindset where I try to get bits and pieces from each coach that I'm with, work for, have a relationship with, work alongside, try to find what they do really well and then find out my own. So, you know, some of the names of people that I was had the ability to work with, uh, starting in Missouri, head coach Barry Odom. You know, he's a really, really organized guy. He's highly uh, detailed. He's a great motivator. Uh, and he's a great football mind, too. You know, seeing him run the program and Derek do offensive coordinator, uh, probably one of the most organized people that I've been around. Uh, you know, you try to pick up things from those guys, move down to Arkansas, south of Missouri. And Pittman was a head coach. You know, he's a career offline coach, first um, college head coach and job. You know, you try to take things from, and he's being an O-line guy. He's got a, you know, a hardball tough set, and he runs his pro- program today. And so you are able to take the, those pieces from him and browse the offensive coordinator. He's a terrific play caller, a, a, you know, really, really big time offense. It's a, lot, a lot of points scored, a lot of yards get, uh, accumulated. Had, you know, hires and statistical leaders in football. So he, he so much value, wealth, and knowledge that, you know, you try to pick bits and pieces. You know, he's known for really fast, running like his hair's on fire. And so being able to see, and see how rates you want to get a little bit of that, you see value and then i've had the opportunity to just keep moving down in, down into lsu uh, um coach o is a coach career defensive line coach he's got a little bit different spin on things and then jake Peets is our coordinator he's been in the nfl for a while and uh i was with the whole, whole time as an offense coach and so he's uh, uh was really uh in my development and you know, he really spent a lot of time and how he does things. And, and, you know, so it's just, I tried to, I was three years, I was in three different states and programs. Uh, and I like the game that absolutely felt the knowledge just from people from that. I saw this with, as with officers in the hall, people they would watch from in practice and watching the way that they start their position. So, uh, I went on for a little while back, and I was able to back better. All right, all right, hey, coach, let's do this. Let's uh, let's see if we can uh, log back in for a second because I know you were jumping in and out a little bit there, and I know folks want to be able okay. to hear you. Um, so let's let's give uh, Mel, let's give coach a second to kind of dial back in. Let's see if we can uh, shake the water out a little bit of our connection and and uh. And, and uh, clean that up a bit. Uh, Kelvin, you had a chance to work with Coach a little bit, or you remember your time. What, what's your takeaway on Coach while we're waiting on him, Coach Henry? 
Man, this is a big win, man. When I saw that he had, he was coming back, man, uh, you know, Coach Simmons does a really good job in um, selecting not only players but his coaches. And um, I thought this was a home run. Coach Henry, we worked a lot together, actually, because uh, he was doing a lot of the administrative stuff as well and the camps and so forth. So uh, me dealing with logistics and so forth. We, uh, we, we, we talked a lot. We opened a lot of buildings and uh, got a lot of events and stuff set up over, over his time here. Uh, great communicator, always let you know what's going on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I'm just ecstatic that he's back, as a matter of fact. And, um, Coach, my, my question is this. So since you, since you left and come back, there's been a lot of changes um, both at the field house and facility-wise here at FAMU. And then, of course, uh, you were a part of the process of launching our program back to uh, where we expected to be. And, um, you know, over, over the years that you've been gone, you know, we've uh, had some really good success. Uh, and so my question is, one, what is it like to be back? How do you feel to be back? And two, as a first-time OC, I'm going to tell you, Coach Smith and Rock set the bar high for you, man, because him and um, Coach uh, B. Sharp, you know, they first year out as a first-time defensive coordinators. Man, you know, they, they were like, they produced the best defense in the FCS, right? Along with the best yeah. defensive player. I know you got some good players, some really great players on that side of the ball, too. I know you've been a part of uh, Coach Simmons' uh, coaching tree for a while, so you, you're very familiar with it. What can we expect from the offense this year under your tutelage? I love it. Two good questions. I could probably talk on those for about an hour, but I'll try to cut it down and give you the meat and potatoes of it. Um, so – while I was gone, you know, one of the things that is important to me and, and you know, it, it supersedes, you know, it overrides coaching it on just on our life journey, like relationships matter, right? The people that we come in contact with and the people that we build bonds with, you know, it's important to keep those alive and, and to stay in touch. Um, so even though I was gone, I, I was still talking to these guys on a regular basis. I got personal well at an arm's length to be able to to watch and really admire the growth and the process of of this great university and the football team uh and and it's kind of cool to see it from a distance and and then also you kind of get the uh you'll, a lot of times you'll get the backstories you'll get the inside scoop just from from talking to your buddies about it um so even though i was gone i still feel like i'm i'm relatively uh still abreast of, you know, what all happened during my absence, which, uh, and, and, you know, being away and, and seeing your, your, your guys that, that played for you and, and your buddies that are coaching to see them have success. It, it makes you proud to be associated with them and, and to, to call them friends and to call them colleagues and players. Uh, so, you know, that, that was really awesome for me to be able to do that. It kind of gives you bragging rights as well. You know, other guys that you coach with that, you know, maybe they got buddies at other schools and, Kind of gives you bragging rights when the Rattlers are winning every single Saturday like they have been doing. Um, so, so it's nice to do that. And and then to, once I've come back now, um, you know, these guys have done an awesome job recruiting uh, and also a job developing the guys. 
that, that we currently had, uh, you know, when I was here in 18 and through some of the 19 off season, uh, a lot of the faces are the same, but their skill set and their talent level and their strength and their size and ability, those have all made made drastic jumps. And those are cool to uh, see the progress and the development for years. There are obviously some new faces as well, you know, and we've got some um, that, that we're really uh, this whole it's ongoing, nonstop, right? It's, more, it's the early morning, and it is a it's just a constant, constant process. Excuse me. Um, we have some gone and that have happened. Uh, I, I think it's a testament to Coach Cole Forney and and the the work that he does in the weight room. Uh, I think it's a testament to you know our growing nutrition program and, and the ability that our guys have now to sustain body weight and to be able to carry muscle mass a lot better than they did when I was here before. You know that's part of the growth and of a program. And, and a lot of people you know from the outside in, it, it, it's there's subtle changes, uh, but but a bunch of subtle changes make a big difference. Um, so, you know, that's probably from our, our season in 18 to uh, our roster now and the guys that we have in the building now, that's, you know, probably one of the most noticeable changes. Uh, obviously, the building's had some major facelifts uh, that have, you know, made it a much more marketable place, a much more attractive place to come and spend a lot of time. You know, that's one thing that Coach Simmons really talks to our guys about. And, and it's, he, I say he talks to them. He gives them an invite. Hey, guys, we want to have you around. We want you to come sit in the office talk talk life with us not just you know we care a lot more about you know how you carry the football like hey let's talk about your relationships talk about your family let's talk about how school's going talk about what you got going on outside of uh, outside of football so it is a place where our guys know that they're welcome uh they they are willing they want to spend time there we spend more effort and energy trying to kick the guys out of the building than we do trying to invite them in so you know that's that's not the same everywhere you know to have that we talk about family right we spell it a little funny, but it means something to us. Um, it, it, it's a way we live. It's not just lip service. It's not just talking. Uh, it's, you know, it, it, it's oozing out of our pores. It's who we are. It's how we conduct our business, how we relate to each other. Uh, and so, you know, that has the buildings changed, but that same vibe, that same aura, that same feel that's, that's going on around it, that has been a, a constant that, that's really, t- uh, it, it survived the test of time. And so that's really cool to have gone away, see that come back and that 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 part is really constant those relationships and the the bonds and the time that those guys spend in that building that's it's, it's constant mm-hmm. all right go ahead, Kofi. your question oh okay i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> so Kelby, you asked about you know what do we expect to see and and i can't let somebody rock just run away with this answer but now i gotta at least give him a run for his money i'm a firm believer that competition breeds success so you know those guys had success uh on the field during the season last year we're facing those same guys in practice uh and and so there's always a natural fourth of you know defense wins a day Offense wins a day. Offense wins a day. Defense, they like it's nobody's just 
success and having to uh, walk through had more success than we did last year. I'm yeah, our guys really making a big emphasis on this office. Really, I'm just taking the time to run. You know, that's one very fun word. Uh, doesn't really rainbows and butterflies. Like, you know, discipline's not always fun. We have to work as a unit. Significant like us with our alarms, we run on the foot. You know, we have to be that. We can't shoot in the foot. We can't uh, afford to take penalties because we got, you know, more, more guys on the field, not enough guys on the field. So it starts with those small things like communication. Um, our alignments are super important. Uh, being able to to get the signals and be able to align quickly so that if we need to play fast, we can. Uh, using the snap count as an advantage takes a lot of discipline. And these are things that, uh, based on the fact that they're all attention to detail, it's a slow-moving process. So you don't go from an undisciplined team to a disciplined team overnight. It just doesn't happen like that. Uh, it takes time. It takes buy-in from the players, which, to their credit, they've done an awesome job. We saw uh, great improvement. We saw massive strides taken in the right direction this spring. Now we have to take that during this summer period, and we have to continue to improve on that. We have to do it in the fall camp. Uh, once fall camp starts up, discipline is going to be one of the, the themes that we talk to our guys about on a consistent basis. They're going to get sick and tired of hearing it, and then they're going to do it right, and then we're going to keep talking about it. We are. We're, it's it's going to be uh, really our rallying cry to start off with, but we have got to be a disciplined offensive unit if we want to have the success that we're capable of having. We can't overcome um, – no, no amount of talent, uh, no amount of um, scheme, no amount of play calls are going to overcome an undisciplined unit. When you have a talented unit and a disciplined unit, you can put those things together and you can stack wins on top of each other pretty consistently in, in this college football game. Yeah. Hubba, Coach. So, really, uh, I want to say uh, – Jackson State looms very large. Obviously, it's our first conference game. We do have the University right. of North Carolina uh, up first, and that obviously is a big game. We want to go up there and steal that one, but it's not a conference game. So the conference game was Jackson State. I, I would say last year with our team taking over 600 days off and then getting back into it, um, Jackson State had a couple of wrinkles on their defense that, uh, I can't say that we were necessarily prepared for uh, going into that particular game. So without giving too much away, um, have you guys been able to uh, look at the Jackson State games and see where we are right now and uh, schematically um, possibly coming up with some different things to counteract the things that they like to do? Absolutely. That's a great question. Uh, when I first got here in February, you know, one of the things that we were doing in the office as an offensive staff is we were spending time watching ourselves. We were trying to, uh, you know, fix problems, address issues, be able to see trends, figure out ways that we can improve. Uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty cool having guys, you know, everybody puts their heads together. Uh, you know, we, we talk openly and honestly with each other about the issues that we've had. We brainstorm together and, and we come up with ways to fix those problems. Uh, it's it's kind of one big problem-solving session. And at the end of that, you know, we're able to say, all right, this is what we did well, this is what we didn't do well, this is how we can improve on that. 
Um, and so we spent a lot of time uh, before spring ball really evaluating ourselves. Um, you know, one of the things that we're going to do is we are going to be able to uh, adjust to, we're going to adjust well. And that's part of the discipline piece that I talked about earlier. It all ties in with each other uh, because by our guys understanding the offense, you know, it takes discipline to really understand those intricate details and, uh, you know, not really just memorize on a rote memorization level, but really understand and be able to conceptualize and to be able to adjust the way that our offense operates. Um, so, again, that discipline is going to help us, you know, if we find ourselves in a situation like that. Um, you know, they, they had adjustments. They had wrinkles last year. Uh, you could say they caught us off guard. Um, but we'll, we'll be prepared. We'll spend time, you know, really evaluating ourselves, evaluating them. And then uh, the, the discipline part of it will come into play as we need to make those adjustments during the game. Uh, our guys will be able to do so because of the level of discipline that we're going to be able to operate with. That's, that's really good. I want to spring this up because situational football is, I think, one of the things that uh, I don't like the Patriots, but it's one of those things that they really do well uh, you can't help all the time. Yeah, I mean, they just they, – it's like they get in specific spots, two minutes, one minute, 30 seconds, different parts of the field, a goal line – I know beyond a shadow of doubt that I guess, you know, the, the Buffalo Bills game where they were in the win and they just basically adapted and just ran the ball 60 some odd times during yeah, the game. Like three times that game. Right. Um, what is our situational schedule like as we, you know, prepare? Is it like itemized or do you all, how do y'all break that up? Or how do you all put that into as a part of your routine? Yeah, I got you. So, so we have a philosophy on each one of those uh, situations that you talked about. And, you know, I mean, it's everything from uh, clock-related situations where you got a two-minute, uh, here's one for you, a two-minute at the end of the half is a little different than a two-minute at the end of the game. One of them you got to have it, one of them you'd like to have. Uh, so, you know, you treat those situations a little differently. Uh, you have field position-related situations. Uh, say they punt the ball and pin us down on the two-yard line. we got 98 yards to go. Uh, you know, one thing I believe, I'll, I'll never call it going out. We're always going in. Uh, but we got a 98-yard field to work with. You know, that's a situation that we'll, you know, spend a lot of time working on. Uh, we'll work four-minute where there's there's really two times during the course of the game where you need to be able to run the ball. You need to run the ball when you want to, and you got to be able to run the ball when you need to. And so that's a, that's an opportunity uh, towards the end of the game. You'd like to take the air out of the ball and be able to run the ball to to nil it out, you know, eventually just end the game after running the clock out. So that's, a, that's a, another big-time situation where, you know, we've got a lead, 1.3 points, 5 points, 10 points, whatever it is. And we got the ball. Uh, we need to be able to run the ball when everybody knows we're going to. That's a situation that we'll, we'll, we've got a philosophy for. We'll talk. Uh, you know, we'll teach it. We'll install it. We'll work it in practice. Uh, but but there's, there's a natural progression that we have uh, with the way that we handle those situations. Uh, red zone's another big one. You know, we want to be uh, one of the leading red zone teams in the country in scoring, uh, you know, anytime you get that ball, it's got to be guaranteed points inside the 20, 25 yard line. Uh, so that's, you know, your, your playbook changes a bit when you get down there, there's less space that the defense has to cover. There's, you know, you, you get on the five yard line, you're not going to throw a go ball and run past anybody. So you got to find other ways, creative ways uh, to be able to score. So, you know, those are some situations that we work and then we do a coach Simmons does a great job uh, setting the practice plan so that those situations tie in. There, there are different emphasis for different days 
uh, as we go through our fall camp install. And so, you know, the play calls that we're installing, defenses that, that the other side of the ball is going to install, those will marry up with the situations that will work. And so we'll have different times that it's really cool because this is how you know Coach Simmons does a great job of it. Um, there are times where we've been uh, on the huddle or on the sideline and we're, we're huddled up and we're about to take the field. Uh, and you'll hear the players talking about, hey, remember we did this situation in practice? It kind of gives you the supreme confidence as a coach uh, that, you know what, our, our guys understand what's going on. The teachings happened. Um, you know, they've been, we've put them in these situations. Now all they got to do go do is, is rely on their muscle memory uh, to be able to execute. You know, I'm a firm believer that the, the phrase rise to the occasion, you know, that, that's kind of a, it's, a, it's a cool phrase. You know, a lot of people use it. I don't believe that actually happens. I don't believe people have these heroic moments in football games where they're going to just, you know, occasionally somebody will make a ridiculous one-handed catch or they'll have some out-of-body experience and they'll beat a double team and make a tackle or something. Rarely does that happen. What usually happens is you don't rise to the occasion. You fall back on your training. So we try to train our guys at a level to where we've shown them everything that they need to have seen during the course of our practices. That's spring ball. That's in the summertime. That's during fall camp. To when they get in that situation in a game, they're, you know, they're like, you, you know what? We've done this before. We've had success doing this. We know what the defense is going to do. We know what we're going to try to do. You know, there's different object objectives uh, that we got to accomplish to be able to successfully execute this situation, whether it's running the clock out, getting a touchdown, converting a two-point conversion, uh, you know, getting the ball off the two-yard line, whatever that may be. Uh, we try to train our guys so a way that they're able to fall back on that training and, and it really gives them a sense of comfort and security when they get into those situations. Good stuff there, Coach. Yeah, definitely good stuff there. Hey, Coach, a couple of questions from uh, some of our, uh, our our YouTube contributors. Um, which area, what's your recruiting territory uh, within the state or, or uh, the southeast, I guess? So I have eight counties that are in central Florida. Polk County is probably the most uh, most noticeable one. But really, it's it's on the west side of the peninsula of Florida, kind of uh, west of Orlando. And then it works down diagonally southeast to where I end up east of Tampa, if that makes sense. So I've got, I've got a big chunk of central Florida, but not really the metro Orlando or metro Tampa areas. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. That, that's for our, that's for, for our guy. Well, Polk right County is huge now. We we need Polk. <laughs> You're right. You're right. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, um, question up. Um, given the the three years that you spent in the SEC, do you think as as the offensive coordinator and you mentioned looking at the the offense from last year, do you think you're more likely to want to call and be more physical? than last year's team. Um, and, and last year's team I thought was pretty physical at times, but uh, just from that that SEC experience and what you witnessed and and also being an O-line coach, uh, you, do you have a tendency to, to, to possibly to, to feature the running backs more uh, maybe than in the past? Yeah, I'm probably a little jaded from, from you know, being an offensive line coach, but you know, I, I believe that at, at any level on the college game and in the, in the pros that, it's, it's a trenches, you know, battle, right? Whoever wins, able to win the line of scrimmage uh, is probably going to have success that game, whether it's on offense or on defense. So we're going to start. It's going to be a great starting point for us is, is you know, make sure that we can establish the run. Uh, we want to play a physical brand of football. Uh, and it's it, it can't just show up on Saturday. It's got It's a mindset. It's how we work. 
It's how we operate. It's who we are. Uh, it's not just something we do, but it's it's a state of mind. It's how it's how we operate. It's who we are. So yes, we will um, we will make a big emphasis this year on being a physical team, um, and and you know we're in the process of developing that physicality, that mindset. It, it's a process, kind of like the discipline piece that I talked about earlier. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, I believe that you can take a guy who is not an overly physical guy, and I believe that you can work with him and train him and teach him. Uh, and you can get him to a point where he is a physical player. So, you know, we're in that process. And it's not limited to my guys. It's not tackle to tackle. Uh, it, it's the whole offense. You know, a quarterback can be a, a physical player by being a tough guy, you know, taking a shot, getting up off the turf, playing the next play, and being able to execute uh, with precision. You know, not letting that one bad play turn into a second bad play. You know, running back can be physical. Obviously, they're running behind their pads. They they accelerate and they explode on contact. They keep their legs churning through. Uh, arm tackles, receivers can really be physical, and they can do a great job of blocking for our backs and blocking for each other on the perimeter. Uh, so so the, the physicality piece, it starts uh, up front, and it starts at the line of scrimmage in the middle, uh, but we also want that to emanate to all the other positions on the field as well. Well said, well said. Calvin, go ahead and uh, close it up with Coach. I know, uh, you know, we there was some talk that you wanted to make sure we mentioned Coach's camps and everything, so I'll let you kind of close up the segment with Coach. Yeah, Coach, I, I want you to have an opportunity. I know that the staff is participating in. Uh, I know there's a Florida camp, and then I know that uh, FAMU has his own camp and so forth. So just kind of talk about the camp schedule coming up and, and um you know, how people can participate in those camps. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. So the, the most, uh, the, the, the camp that's nearest to us is going to be the HBCU Mega Camp, which is down in the Central Florida area. Uh, it's going to be on Sunday, the 29th. So it's coming up here in just a few days. Uh, there are three uh, HBCUs in the state of Florida. They're going to headline it. And then there are also a bunch of other HBCUs that are going to be present there. They're going to have coaches there. Uh, they're going to be coaching uh, the players. It's going to be a competitive atmosphere. And it's a, really a great opportunity for a high school football player to be evaluated uh, by a dozens of college football coaches uh, from, from dozens of different staffs, uh, different states, uh, different levels of football, uh, different levels of competition. Um, it is, I really think it's a golden opportunity. Uh, if you are a high school football player um, and you aspire to play college at the next level, or if you're a high school football player and you want to be coached by some college coaches, it's a great opportunity to come out, be able to compete against uh, local and regional talent, uh, be able to show your stuff, be able to sharpen your ax, uh, and, and compete and learn and grow and be able to show what you got. We have camps that are on campus that are going to be June 2nd. I believe that's a Thursday coming up, and we're going to have a seven-on-seven -seven passing tournament. Uh, we're going to have a Hold Rock offensive line and defensive line uh, big man's camp. And then we're also going to have a specialist camp for kickers, punters, and snappers as well. Coach Chili Davis is going to run that. Uh, so those are, on, those are going to be on June 2nd. Uh, the reason that we set those the way we did, we organized it like that, is because uh, we'd like for high school teams, local teams, regional teams, to be able to bring their whole team. They can bring their seven-on-seven team, the quarterbacks, receivers, backs, tight ends. They can all go compete against other local and regional high schools. And then the big men, you know, they're not going to be left out, out either. Uh, Coach Patterson, Coach Io, myself uh, will be working with the big guys. Uh, they'll have an opportunity to play on one or both sides of the ball. You know, a lot of high school, high school players 
they're just alignment. They play on the offensive line when they got the ball. They punt it, and they turn around. They play on the other side of the ball as well. So it's a great opportunity to be an offensive and a defensive lineman. Uh, and then, and then Coach Davis will have a, a camp that is specifically tailored to specialists, hunters, kickers, and snappers as well. Uh, so that'll be on June second, and then the following week, uh, for five days, we're going to have our junior rattlers camp, uh, which might be the funnest. The, I said funnest. That's not a word. My parents will get me. The most fun. Uh, the most fun camp. So it the is, funnest. Uh, it is. It's the funnest camp. You can write that down. Coach said it, so it's a word. It's going to be rising uh, kindergartners through eighth graders, uh, and it's a Monday through Friday camp. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for us to work with uh, local youth, uh, talk to them about the importance of uh, physical fitness, physical activity, you know, getting outside and playing and exercising. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time talking with them about sportsmanship. Uh, we'll talk with them about uh, leadership, talking with them about being leaders, being good friends, being good teammates. Uh, and then we'll also try to, you know, start working on them young and instill a, a love for the Rattlers in them as well. So it's a week-long camp, and it's the week following, uh, the full week following that June 2nd camp. Uh, so anybody who's got young kids, we'd love to, to have the opportunity to be able to work with them, uh, share a little bit of football knowledge with them, talk with them about, you know, some of the basics, some of the same things that moms and dads and grandparents, aunts and uncles are trying to instill in their young children. Uh, we just want a week to be able to spend time with them and, and work with them and have a good time. It's the funnest camp that we got. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, Coach, right. who's going to be All calling right. the plays? You or Coach Willie? Uh, you'll have to talk to him on that one. <laughs> that was a good one, Colby. That was a good try. That was a good try. And yeah, I had to put it in there. I had to put it in. <laughs> hey, uh, you guys, make sure to go follow Coach uh, at Coach Hen five zero one at Coach Hen H E N five zero one on Twitter. I don't know if Coach are you on the gram or not, but that's where you can find him on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm make sure Instagram. to show Coach. Okay, Instagram. Instagram's Joe Hen, J-O-E-H-E-N-501. All right, all right. Y'all make sure to go go hit Coach up. Make sure to show him some love and let you know you appreciate him coming on the show. And, uh, of course, you know, as always, you know, you get your, you get your eyes on a fabulous uh, potential recruit, you know, just tag Coach. You know, I know our coaching staff loves to be tagged whenever we uh, we see somebody. And uh, that's how we stay abreast. That's how we that's how we stay on top of things. And uh, we want to always show love. So uh, and, and share share the information about the camps, starting with the uh, the mega camp coming up this weekend, and then of course the camps up in Tallahassee, uh, your alma maters, your high schools, your cousins, your your nephews, and and all them their their school teams. Make sure to tag them. And let their coaches know, get a chance to go get evaluated uh, by, by some real good coaches, uh, not only from FAMU, but from some other good colleges as well. Uh, so, Coach, hey, thank you for your time. Any Anything that we didn't want to – anything that we left off, anything that you want to say or maybe you want to uh, 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 talk on before before we let you go? I'll give you the last word, Coach. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you all for having me on. I've enjoyed it. I'd love to come back at some point in the future. Um I appreciate what y'all doing for us, uh, getting the word out, you know, giving the exposure, uh, keeping us tied in with the alumni network, the fans, you know, our support base. Um, y'all, y'all, you can go on our any of our Twitters. You'll find the camp brochures. Uh, copy them, tweet them out, blast them out. Uh, we're trying to spread the word as best we can. But the more people that we can get to those camps, uh, the more opportunities we have to evaluate guys and be able to coach it, uh, coach them up, uh, see them compete. 
Um, but I, I really appreciate y'all for having me on. I had, had a blast this evening and, and look forward to doing it again in the near future. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're, you're always welcome. Any, anytime you got some info to share, whatever it is, you know, you reach out to us, reach out to Kelvin and we'll make it, we'll make it known coach anytime. Awesome. I appreciate y'all. Great show. All right. All right thank, thank you. you coach. Let's take a, yeah. Let's take a break. Come back. We'll be back with more in just a moment. You're watching the OG strike zone. We'll be back in a moment. Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Head and Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. This is Carlos Brown letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place, on Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net, and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Time to call a credit repair company to fix my credit. Hold the phone, man. You can do it yourself with Credit Versio. That's way too hard. Call the credit repair company. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription one is no fun with Verizon there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan that's seven times the <laughs> seven times the no, no. seven times the yeah. 
music, gaming, Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit-smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. to the ONG Strike Zone, Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi. Uh, thanks again to Coach uh, Henry for coming on and joining us in our last segment. Make sure you guys go find him, follow him on Twitter and Instagram, and thank him, most importantly. Let our guests know, when they come on the show uh, and they give out their contact information, we'd really appreciate it if you take a minute, just send them a little, hey, thanks for coming on the show. I know some of you guys posted thanks on the uh, in the in the chat rooms on, on Facebook and YouTube. But sometimes, even though we try to get those into the digital feed, they don't always see that. So it'd be great if you guys, if you have the opportunity to reach out and just, just let them know, Hey, thanks for coming on. Enjoyed, enjoyed your information or what you shared on the ONG strike zone that, that helps keep them, keep them coming in. Um, Before I get into a couple other notes, we got some SWAT news, some uh, committee, uh, news. I, I, I'm going to go hard left and I get, I didn't get a chance to bring this up during the, uh, um, commercial break, but it, with everything going on in the world past 24 hours, it was really lost on me today. And I got to give a shout out to Rattler nation Blogspot for pointing this out that, uh, May 25th, 2020, uh, was two years ago uh, when George Floyd was uh, was killed, and I, I t- look two years seems forever, seems like a long time ago, um, and we've gone through a lot in two years. I mean, obviously we went through a pandemic and just everything that came up. And somebody asked me when I showed him that, "Yo, it's been two years. Did you know that?" And he asked me, a friend asked me, do you think anything has changed? And it really left me kind of scratching my head like, I don't know. So I just take a second and I thought I'd ask you guys, Kelvin, Kofi, two years. uh, Do you feel like anything has changed? Well, I think that things have changed, but it's not enough. Let's put it like that. 
there have been, you know, white guilt is real. And uh, I want to say that this is definitely an opportunity for us to continue to push the bar and continue to engage uh, our communities to talk about the things and the changes that need to be made. But uh, by and large, we've still got a ton of work to do. Uh, there's still a great separation. There's still people that uh, place guns above lives. There's still uh, people that believe in, uh, you know, their community and wearing their 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 so-called Mason-Dixie line flags and everything. And they like to get out there and do their thing and talk like this and, and, and make people feel bad. And then there are people that don't talk like that that are even more evil. So there's there's a ton of work that we've got to do. Racism um, is a condition of the heart. And until the heart is changed, America will not change. Now, we had Donald Trump to come in. And, I, you know, I've said this quite often, that one of the things that Donald Trump did that I felt like was positive was that he uncovered the real heart of America. He caused a lot of racists to come out of hiding to the point where they no longer wear the sheets that they used to wear. You know, they're up in their boat with it. Um, but I think the thing is that we've got to continue to engage and get the right kind of people in office so that our policies can change so that our society can change. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> we need the Lord to really step in and heal the land because we're dealing with some very sick people who, you know, America is just peculiar in this whole thing that we, we value freedom, but we pervert freedom. And because that perversion that makes me a little leery and makes me push the pause button a little bit, but there's, there's, a, there's a lot that has changed, but there's a still a lot more that needs to be changed. What about you, Kel? The struggle is real. Um, we've had officers who've uh, gone to jail, who've committed crimes against um, uh, African American African American citizens. So things have changed some. The the wheels of justice turn slow. We have to be steadfast. And we have to continue to do the work, as COVID mentioned, um, and not be um, complacent, disheartened, disheartened, you know, because, because, you know, you see the things with the school shooting, the grocery stores and these mass shootings. And and then, you know, folks can come up with money to, to send overseas. But, you know, we got issues at at homes domestically that we don't want to deal with, you know, across seas is, is terrorism. Um, here, you know, you know, it's mental health issues. I mean, you see the hypocrisy and sometimes the, the news reports on that more than the good and, and, and it can be disheartening, frankly, right? So you have, to, you have to protect your mind and your spirit. But at the end of the day, things are getting better. And the only way to continue to get better is if we continue, we, the people, continue to shine a light and be unapologetic against evil and wrong, no matter where it comes from and who it comes from. It's never a wrong time to do the right 
thing. Um, you know, you see things in politics now you, where you, you struggle sometimes. You, you wonder, do people really believe this stuff? When Donald Trump first came into uh, power, I didn't think people believed some of the things that they were supporting. Some of those people believe that stuff. A lot of those people believe that stuff. And that can be disheartening. But however, if it goes unchallenged, if a lie uh, is allowed to be the truth or the only story, then it becomes the truth. Perception is reality. So we just have to continue to stay prayed up. We still, we, we, you know, we talk about the change in the world and what we want others to do. We need to start with ourselves, live our lives, and be the example we want to see in the world. If we want goodness in the world, we got to be good. We got to treat others good, right? And it's got to be bigger and better than ourselves. We got to be less. We got to be less selfish and be selfless. So that would be my advice. But yes, things are getting better, but the work will never end. Well said. Well said. Um... A quick announcement regarding the SWAC baseball tournament. First off, uh, the, the Kitty Cats from uh, Daytona Beach got a win. Four to three over – who they play today? Uh, who they play? No, no, we, we, we're okay with that because it validates the SWAC yeah. East. Four to three. Uh, I forgot who they play. Who they play? Alabama? No, not Alabama State. Um, Grambling. They played Grambling. Yeah, so they get a four to three win. Oh no, 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 no! It, it's good because it, it validates the Swag East. Swag East now is two and zero oh, uh, coming I don't like up. None of now, them. just a clarification. I know earlier we we kind of we kind of thought that it was the Southern Jackson State game that was got uh, moved. So I'm reading the press release that came from the Swag office uh, from uh, Andrew Roberts. They're uh, uh, commission, assistant commissioner and uh, over communications. He says that uh, game three of the SWAC tournament featuring West division one seed that's Southern and East division four seed Jackson state is scheduled to be played 30 minutes following the conclusion of game two game four featuring East division one seed Alabama state versus West division four seed Texas Southern will now be played Thursday uh, at 9 a.m., weather permitting. So what that means now, it still means that FAMU plays the winner of Southern Jackson State on Thursday, and most likely, I think that game will be the last game of the day, assuming uh, the weather doesn't get in the way because right. that game that game was supposed to be game number three tomorrow. It gets pushed back now. So so see, it's all interesting to see how this affects everybody. Um, obviously, you know the other side of the bracket, which is Bethune. Bethune is the one who benefits now, possibly. Uh, but everything is kind of pushed back. They really can only manage four games in a day. I don't know how they can manage four games in a day. So really, it's already pushing the schedule back. And, and they've got a they've got a built-in extra day in there with Saturday. Uh, so you know we'll see how things go. But uh, just know the Rattlers game. This is unofficial now, so don't 
just wait for the official word. But unofficially, they will probably be playing the 6 p.m. or last game of the day, assuming weather doesn't screw up tomorrow's schedule at all. All right. Not a percent chance of rain. Not a percent ah. chance of rain tomorrow in Birmingham. See, that Kofi, Kofi, that's Kelvin who did that, not me. Not me. That's Kelvin who did that. Just let you know. But the rest okay. of Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday looks good, though. Great weather. Great weather rest of the weekend. <laughs> hey, okay. Uh, we have some executive committee news uh, this past Monday. Uh, that Yeah, look at that. They, there's some news. They had a Zoom meeting on Monday. Uh, yeah, it's been that long. Yes, keep counting. Uh, what do we know, Kelvin? What is the latest? What information have we heard that has come out of that Zoom meeting that you can share? The committee met. Um, the, the 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 AD position has not been advertised as of yet. Um, huh. That that should be coming shortly. But uh, they they've set their meeting. Tentatively meeting meeting day, and um, I think that the temp is to meet weekly, um, Mondays, uh, and throughout the process. Um, of course, next Monday is a holiday, so that one is off the table. But uh, but that's my understanding is what they're going to try to do, a search firm. I, I think it's going to do the solicitation and and um, collection of the uh, applicants, and I believe the committee will do the process of screening uh, the applicants. So um, that's pretty much all that that they have right now. That they'll be meeting um, weekly, particularly on Mondays, in the search firm will, will be a part of the process. Okay, let me let me make sure to clarify what you're saying here. So, the committee is it, a search firm is going to now is the search firm going to they're going to bring the candidates forward. They obviously have to publish what the position. So when they publish published a position, anybody can apply for it. Correct. Uh, so tip. So so hypothetically speaking. Typically, what happens is with, with a search firm is uh, first, you know, they confirm the you know job requirements and so forth uh, for the for for the position description um, and the language for the advertisement, and then it, it gets advertised. And typically, applications are sent to a location in which the search firm does some initial screening and it is, it, it is open to all those who are interested. Now from there, the process can be a couple of things. They can do some, they can pre-screen some of those applications or they can send the applications forward to the committee for, for screening. I'm not sure how that process will look with this particular committee as of yet uh kofi you got that look your look's probably about the same look i got so go ahead okay i'm gonna try and stay calm 
All right. I'm going to try and stay calm. I need everybody that's out there in TV land and YouTube land. Just point your hands at the screen and kind of like pray for me right quick. Okay. All right. So let me start by first addressing Dr. Larry Robinson and this whole process. Um, I'm starting with Dr. Larry Robinson because, again, you and Courtney have been having this little petty disagreement. Um, some of it major, some of it minor, but you've been having this disagreement for months. For you not to have a bona fide plan already in place, for you not to have a contingency plan already in place concerning athletics is very disappointing. Very disappointing. And I'm upset because it's just unprofessional. Not only that, but even in your strategic plan that you released, there was nothing in the strategic plan that addressed athletics. So it's no wonder that athletics has been as dysfunctional as it has been over the last umpteen years, because unfortunately you didn't have a plan. It's sickening. Now, going forward, um, I really want to see, uh, I want to see, uh, the committee's not really, it's not their fault that they're on the committee. Obviously this is again, a Dr. Larry Robinson production. Uh, I, the, the committee's already established. So I'm just praying that they're able to decipher and make, uh, the best possible recommendations without, uh, without, uh, any schlucky ducky, uh, They got him. Man, they got him. Right when he was in the heat. He, he was calm, too. I thought he was about to get fired up and get, get loose there for a second. Um, man, God bless it. Snipers, man. I tell you what. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. Share your thoughts. National Alumni Association meeting hear me? next week. Yeah, you ready to? Okay, you left off with some shucky ducky quack quack. Go ahead, you you, you left off there. Yeah, yeah, we don't want Go no ahead. shucky ducky. We don't want no shucky ducky and no malarkey. We need this. We need this process to really be fair. And I'm staying calm tonight because we need this process to really go through right. But the alums that are really out there, we really need to stay on top of this and continue to inquire and ask questions and apply the necessary pressure so that we can get the results that we want. Um, you know, just the listing, I, why this thing has not even been listed is beyond me. It's the same requirements that we needed the last time. You know, it's just, it's just <laughs> crazy. It's the same freaking thing that we needed last time. What do we want? Um, what do we want our AD? You know, we want somebody professional. We want somebody qualified. We want somebody experienced. We want somebody that can be a fundraiser, somebody that embraces Rattler Nation. Because, you know, we, we had a big discussion the other night about bringing outsiders in to to lead our organizations. And let me just say, I'm, I'm all for outsiders coming in, provided they are the right outsider, provided that they make the right changes. I'm not for somebody coming in making change for the sake of making change. I need somebody to come in and make the right changes that are in alignment 
um, that are able to shift FAMU forward, basically. That's basically the bottom line. Um, make change. Don't make waves from the standpoint of just going off and just offending people for no reason. I think those that need to be offended are put in their place. I'm, I'm all cool with that. But no need to insult uh, the culture. You know, embrace the culture. This is the job that you apparently wanted to sign up for. So Rattler Nation cares. We just expect you to be on your P's and Q's and give us your best. All right, I'm getting off my soapbox for right now. I'm going to sit down. Bye, Larry Robinson. Bye, Larry. <laughs> um, Bye, Larry. You got to go. Yeah. Hey, hey, look. Uh, so, okay. So it has not been established yet. The uh, the the AD position has not been posted. Um, again, search for search firm in the works. The, the FAMU 18 will do their thing. They're going to meet weekly, but it won't be this weekly, this upcoming Monday, because it's Memorial Day. Uh, so that means two weeks, actually, which also means it'll be after the National Alumni Association meeting. You know, maybe they should meet during the Alumni Association meetings. There's a thought. My question is, next week, how many of you are going to actually stand up and 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 make your voice known and make yourselves heard on some of these topics we've been talking about or are people going to go back into a shell because you know there's you know uh people are dressed up looking nice gowns bow ties tuxes you know uh are you going to make your voice known in the election? Obviously, there's a runoff election. I'm curious, of the two candidates, has anyone asked the two candidates for National Alumni Association president, what are their thoughts on this? Because I would tend to think, I, I, you know, if I'm voting and I got two candidates, that'd be, a, that'd be one of the things I'd, be, I'd want to know from my National Alumni president. What do you feel about what Dr. Robinson has done? What athletics is not part of the strategic plan? Or do you have a conf, do you have confidence in Dr. Robinson? Do you have confidence in what is happening out here from the FAMU 18? Are you satisfied with what you see? Because if that person said yes, I would be cautious about voting for that person. That's me personally. But I'm just curious what some of y'all are going to do. Because with a runoff it gives you an ample opportunity to step up and make your voice heard even louder to those people. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of people in that room cashing out big checks, talking about big words about unity and all these other things. But how many of these people are going to go to the board of trustees, to the board of governors? How many people are going to go to Dr. Robinson and say, Dr. Robinson, it's time for you to go and get our money. That let me, let me list. Let me just say this as well, because one of the jobs of the, the, the board of trustees is to establish governance for FAMU. But the, another job that they have is to raise money. And really? Uh, yeah. If you sitting on that board, okay. you're supposed to be getting us all the kind of resources for Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University. So that let me serve notice. Billion, that $1.9 billion supposedly that. Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University has been. Let me let me go ahead and be clear with this, okay? okay? Let me go and be clear with this, okay? Please. Because the Board of Trustees 
they've been sitting there and getting in classic games, getting in homecoming, doing all this stuff, getting all those perks. And I, I, I don't have any documentation in terms of how much money they have raised for our beloved university. So you should have it. Where is it? How much have they I'm raised? Just saying. We should. Some of them we jokers should, right? hadn't even given a dime to the university. I want to say over the last, the last time they had to be challenged to do so. They're in position to do so. They're in position to raise money. They need to have resources out the yin yang. They should be able to get on the phone and reach a Tyler Perry, reach a Oprah Winfrey, reach somebody with some ducats and some cash, and get us some money. You know, uh, for athletics for whatever resource that we need. How many of it, how many board of trustees do we have? 12 or 13, so 13, I think. 12 or 13. Hopefully 12 or 13. 12 or 13, doesn't matter. I'm not even going to even mess with necessarily our SGA president. Uh, He's a student, but even they should be challenged to be able to reach out to whomever, whether it's celebrities or whoever, to get, fam you some resources so that we can be the best possible university you sitting on the board you haven't raised a dime that person needs to be removed point blank you know you're bringing nothing to the table there's (laughs) why should we listen to you is you up there and want to get in homecoming free no it's not right where's the money from the white house the white house appropriated almost 100 million dollars to fam you has anybody ever followed up on that has anybody heard anything about that since it was announced? Did that Larry. go anywhere? Where'd that money go? I'm just saying. I mean, anyway, I, I'm just, I just want to be. It's clear. not an anyway question. These are things that we <laughs> need to be asking because yes. we need to know what's going on on the highest of seven hills. To be an uninformed alumni makes us ineffective, it makes us impotent, you know, because we don't have the necessary information, which is why. I wanted to challenge the leadership of the NAA to communicate so that we could get involved. I I really do believe that had we been involved on a consistent basis um, with the athletics, with athletics from a standpoint of them being transparent about where we were right now and what's really going on, there are some things that I believe we may have been able to prevent. If that makes sense. That is cool. Status quo is no longer good enough, folks. The status quo is not no longer good enough. We are we are at a crossroads. We're at and it's you know I hate to say it, but all the stuff that's gone down at the long over the past month or two is is a perfect time, perfect time for us to check ourselves. It's a perfect time for you alumni to check. Those who are in power positions, I, I love it. I, I you know, I, I was gonna keep talking while I had the background music, you know. But anyway, let's not walk away. Let's not walk away from the next week in the national alumni convention and still be talking about the same things. Even two steps forward is better than no steps at all. So which two steps are we taking? Which two steps? Because 
that event is going to be used as a fundraiser event over anything else. I, I'm guaranteeing you there's people coming in with big checks. We need checks for scholarships. We need check. Blah. I know all that. That's what's going to be said. I know it. I know that's what's going to be said. And yes, we do, need, we do, we do, but we also need some, some changes, some legitimate administrative changes, policy and procedure changes. Ask why. If you do nothing else next week, folks, ask why. Just if you ask why to enough people, you'll you'll see and they'll tell and you'll find out their true responses to things. Ask why. Let's take a break and come back, close out the show. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Hello? Girl, somebody hit my car today. What? You okay? No, girl. I'm hurt. You better call my lawyer, Terrence Madden of T. Madden & Associates. He got me super paid after my accident. I saw him last Sunday giving away scholarships. 833-PAID-123. I'm attorney Terrence Madden. I love getting huge checks for injured clients. Dial 833-PAID-123. 833-PAID-123. Offices Atlanta, Jonesboro, and Augusta. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you. At the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay Event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories. Everyone's con. See you there. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, 
on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi want to remind you, please make sure you are following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We need to get those numbers up. Look, we appreciate all the likes and and you guys who are hitting the thumbs up on Twitter and YouTube. But go, you know, look, some of you guys are on social media. Go hit the, hit the subscribe button on those pages. Help the numbers out there. If you're ever listening to our show on podcasts in its podcast form, via the BCSN pod zone, which you can listen to on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Anchor, Google Podcasts, any and everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Most of those platforms will let you rate the show. Uh, so, of course, the BCSN pod zone is an aggregate of several shows that come on the network. Rate, rate. If you like our show, go ahead and give it a five-star rating. That all helps. Everything that you guys do uh, helps us out, okay? We appreciate it. Uh, you can always donate to the show. Um, you can go to, uh, if you go to our Twitter feed, pinned to the top of our Twitter feed is a donation link at the top of the chat um, menu here on YouTube. is a link you can download as well. If you're able to scan the QR code that you see down there, you can donate as well that way. We appreciate it. Um, Okay, so my man AD, who I believe is in Birmingham, sent me a text that both games, games three and four, have been postponed to Thursday. So even though I haven't seen a new release from the swag, I'm just checking my email, checking my email, checking. I haven't seen anything new, but uh, so plans have changed again. So that means if you, if you go with the thought, we so pretty like this if they suspend the two games that were supposed to be tonight to tomorrow, you're probably gonna have loser bracket games. With a ninety percent chance of rain, with a ninety percent chance of rain, nine, it's going to shift to five. Yeah, nine. Well, it's ninety percent. It's ninety percent tonight, from nine to ten. So yeah, that's why they're canceling it. Yeah, that makes sense. So so it's not likely that I I would be surprised if FAMU plays tomorrow, which is actually good because what it does, it, it you know, obviously well in the sense that we keep our starting rotation of our our three main starters um uh hunter uh and then uh um oh my god help me who's our who's our day two pitcher i forgot already um wilkerson brad and then three is killing fox so that's our that's our one two three on a normal weekend right so now what it does it gives brad a few extra days it pushes Keelan into day three, but also what it does, it gives Hunter more time. I mean, realistically, guys, if we can win these three games, these next two, that puts us in the championship game practically, or at least it puts us into the championship of our bracket against the winner of the loser's side. 
and that's and that's Hunter playing in that contest. It's so I mean we're we're in a we're in great shape. Uh, so like that is you know I was worried. About, nah, let me take that word because I know you hate when I say worried. <laughs> I was curious about how the being the first game of the of the series would affect us. In actuality, it looks like it may turn out to be an advantage given the weather today and tomorrow. So just a lot of things to pay attention to. Of course, uh, follow our Twitter feed. Of course, you can always follow at famuathletics.com or famuathletics on Twitter. I think I saw uh, Josh uh, Padilla out there in Birmingham. Most likely he is. So I know he'll be posting updates as it comes. We'll post. So just stay, stay tuned to what's going on. All right. As we go around the horn in the world of HBCU sports, did you guys see the news that was made by Tuskegee University over the past weekend? Uh, Of course, still talking about what Nick Saban said about uh, NIL and how he brought Jackson State up and brought Jimbo. But all of that said, uh, there's a report on HBCU game day where uh, coach uh, AD and head football coach Reginald Ruffin uh, started talking about that Alabama should play or should schedule HBCUs. The University of Alabama has not has never scheduled an HBCU. Auburn, ha- every other state school in Alabama has, including Auburn University. They have all scheduled HBCUs. Alabama has not. And he flat out called him out, said, hey, look, Auburn, I mean, Alabama should be scheduling Alabama State, should schedule Alabama A&M. He said, hey, I'm paraphrasing, but Tuskegee's going D1. Yeah, he said Tuskegee's going D1. Schedule us. And that's the part that I think a lot of people were like, huh? Tuskegee, a blue blood. Kofi, I was, I was Tuskegee, the winningest HBCU football program. Uh, even ahead of FAMU for, yes, I mean, that's hard for us Rattlers to accept, but there is a school who has more football wins. We lead than, the series. Well, we may lead the series, but lifetime, they've got scoreboard right now. Uh, they've so, been around longer. They, yeah, well, yeah, that, oh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Tuskegee, D1, they're already making some kind of adjustments to, to field stuff. Uh, what do you think, Kofi? You like the idea of Tuskegee? How long do you think, realistically, it'll take Tuskegee to get to D1 level? Uh, give them two years. If they're totally in and committed, I saw that they knocked down uh, some of their facilities They're in the process of getting some more facilities. I saw a, uh, a, a rendering of the football facility that they look to uh, obtain to build. Uh, that's complete with meeting rooms, lockers, uh, coaches' offices, all of those things. Um, they've had 30000 at their homecoming before. You know, the, it didn't fit necessarily in the stadium, but the people were in the quote-unquote hole at one time. Alabama is a football state. Um, mm-hmm. Their basketball arena is nice. It's already a nice enough size arena where they'd be able to generate uh, – a good measure of, I want to say some revenue, um, you know, it, it's there for the taking. I think that uh, I, I stated the other night that they can go into any major city and draw 
20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people to come and see them because their name is Tuskegee. There is, you know, they're, they're one of the, the blue blood or iconic HBCUs um, that are part of the fabric of who we are as a nation. I mean, Tuskegee is huge. You can't, you know, Booker T. Washington. I mean, come on, man. Like that, that would be huge. Now, here's the other thing. Tuskegee joins the swag. That's going to make the argument for uh, Tennessee State, of course. So you get, let's just say, Tennessee State and Tuskegee join the swag. That pushes Jackson State and Valley out west. And then you have the original swag versus the old school SIAC version of the swag. And Mm. I think it'd be... I think it'd be off the chain. I think it'd be amazing to um, to have that kind of uh, rivalries. That means that Alabama and would get to play Tuskegee on a continual basis. That's revenue for them. Tennessee State's right up the street from Alabama and That's a big game. Alabama State, FAMU, Alabama State, AM, Tuskegee, right up the street. Cookman, Tuskegee used to be huge back in the day as well. So all of these. This would be amazing, bro. Like, whoo, that would be a super conference for real. I'm gonna take your, I'm gonna take your two years and times it by five, and that's how long I think it might take Tuskegee to move to a D1 status. Uh, they got a lot of hurdles to jump over. Kelvin, what, what are your, what are your takes and thoughts as you hear the news about Tuskegee having plans to want to move to D1? I'm excited. Um, from a feasibility study standpoint, uh, Tuskegee has everything except two things. Uh, thing number one, it's not a major media market. Typically, when you attract teams, you want them to bring with them a, a media market. And they're still a part of the uh, the Montgomery Auburn markets that we already have. So they won't hurt in that sense. And they'll probably bring a few more eyeballs. But That'd be one. And then just the whole transition from D2 to uh, Division One. There's a cost associated with it. I, I think we can help them with that fee in terms of, you know, they got some natural rivalries. We have already the greatest inventory in the SWAC of HBCU Classic Games. And I think there's some creative things the SWAC office could do to help offset the cost for the move in terms of the fees. Uh, uh, to join Division One, um, and of course they have a bunch of uh, historical rivalries. There's only about probably five teams that FAMU has played more than Tuskegee. I mean, they're, they're one of our traditional rivalries from the past. Um, so, um, and then it helps out travel time for that East Division, as well as put the SWAC, uh, the Mississippi schools, all, all together again on the West and put them with their natural rivalries. So, and then with Tennessee State, because you would have the balance out. If Tuskegee comes, you need two more, you need two teams, not one. So Tennessee State brings the Nashville market. So they bring a market that's attractive, historical greatness, both schools uh, academically are sound and strong um, with, with professional degrees and so forth. So, I mean, 
you know, with our history with Tennessee State, grounding history with Tennessee just State and Jackson State and all that, it's a no-brainer, man. And like you say, the the, the HBCU Super Conference will be a, that would put the bow on it for me. So, so I would love to see it happen. Um, I think the transition can happen to Ashley Bryan faster than five years. I think there's a, if I remember correctly, I think there's like a two-year transition period in a way coming from D2. So I, I think in year, year, year three, why they, they can transition, they can, they can announce a jump before July 1 of 2023 and then have those two years of trans, transition. And I think just like Winston-Salem State, Norfolk, and um, some of the schools in the Savannah did in the uh, MEAC, I think because the, they have some things in place, um, they could be a very competitive D two, I mean a D one program in about three to four years. In this way, I've got I, look. I, I've had I got we got a couple people in the chat room. Uh, uh, Dexter Martin, uh, even Doctor Lord. Dexter Martin about, went to Miles College. He hates Tuskegee. He hates Tuskegee. <laughs> that Miles Bear came out of him, and he is just slamming Tuskegee all that he wants because he mad. Well, no, look, Tuskegee I. I got, I they got rough in one of their coaches. Hey, they got yeah, they got they got his head coach. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, but I, he, I've he, heard he I've heard Tuskegee well. well. has financial issues that they have to overcome, uh first Look, and foremost. Tus- Tuskegee, listen, Tuskegee has the same issues that Every HBCU, that's basically every HBCU, and any organization looking to go to the next dimension and level, you have to have leadership. You have to have stable leadership. And you can't have uh, these, 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 these groups that, that come in and voice their opinion or get mad at the drop of diamond, and the next thing you know, they're gone. The reason, now I said all that because I'm really trying to get rid of Larry Robinson, but Larry Robinson has messed up so much, he really does need to go. All right, so I want to make that abundantly clear. He has done everything. I've given him chance after chance, and it's time for him to go. That being said, let me go ahead and get on Tuskegee. If Tuskegee gets the right leadership, the right leadership, I think athletically they're stable. I I like Slater as their AD. I think he's going to do phenomenal things. I like Ruffin as their football head coach. I think Ruffin that's is a the phenomenal AD. hire. Ruffin is huh? the AD. Slater, Ruffin, Ruffin is the AD. Well, who is Slater? Yeah, Slater, Slater is doing something. Slater is at Clark. Slater is at Clark. Yeah, right he left. Yeah. yeah, he left. Okay. Well, they, even they with Ruffin as the AD, I think that that's big. You know, if he's coming in and he's trying to do all those things, he's kind of coming in like a Billy Joe. Either way, it comes down to leadership and what they're able to bring to the table. Um, I, I think that I really believe in Tuskegee. I, I know that they're alums. You know, I know that there's trouble, but guess what? There's trouble at FAM. There's trouble at, at Southern. There's trouble at Jackson State. There's trouble on the horizon at any moment at just about any HBCU. There's definitely trouble at South Carolina State. I think Tuskegee has just as much going for it as Cookman did coming in. Uh, student-wise, alumni-wise, I think their attendance would definitely would be bigger. <coughs> I don't understand why Tuskegee just could not do it if they have the right leadership and the right infrastructure in place. They'll be fine. Well, yeah. I will say the one thing that I do like about what Ruffin, him coming out saying that, 
it does give a clear plan and vision in place. Now, yes, they have to do a lot of fundraising, um, but at least lets people know, hey, be excited because this is where I want us to go. This is where we're going. And he's saying it matter-of-factly. Look, he turned miles around in about a five- to seven-year period where they became almost the premier team in the SIAC West, uh, even winning the conference a few times. He, they took that from Tuskegee. So while Tuskegee was down in the dumps, he he was a part of moving miles forward. So it's realistic that in a – that's why I said five to seven. In a five to seven-year window, you guys are a lot more optimistic and higher up on what Tuskegee can do than me, but we'll see. Uh, remains to be seen. Uh, do, uh, I know we don't want FAMU to play Division Two teams anymore, uh, but we do. Uh, would playing Tuskegee, we don't have Tuskegee on the schedule, would that be something of a positive financial maker if it were in a neutral site? I'm going to go neutral site. I don't want to play that in in Bragg. Uh, I'd rather play that neutral site location where we can really benefit and earn some money. What do you think? You bump your head. You can play Tuskegee at home. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I, we can make more money. Why, why would you play in a, in a, why would we play them, um, especially why they D2 in a neutral site? Either we play them at Bragg or we don't play them. Now, we did play them at the neutral site. We played in Mobile in a classic, uh, what, about six years ago? Um, and uh, and uh, but, but, but generally speaking, you don't play lower classification schools because you have to pay them when you play them anyway because you're not doing a return game. So you're paying them to play. Even though you know the the the, the fees are are not extravagant, the but the promote, but but uh, why would you? I I would think if you if you got a promoter or or a third party, Brian, 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 listen, 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 Brian. I'm listening. Get get out of this mindset of uh, of classitis. All right, we got enough okay. classics. We're trying. The city of Tallahassee has invested ten million dollars in our facility at, at Bragg Stadium. We're trying to make more of a imprint with our um within our own region and geogra- geographical market. Instead of having our fans to go pay to stay in hotels and food and travel and all that, let them let them come to Bragg Stadium and um and and hopefully put more money in our offers and in our community uh you know so we're not looking for additional classics in that sense right now the one thing i will say but i'm sure the coach the head coach you know ultimately and they have they we've got a lot of guaranteed games out there right for the nets through 2027 in one year we got two uh division fbs games right so i don't want to take see us take on another opponent that you know got different rules at the Division Two level. They can they can get in players that you know can't get into Division One programs. So so and then move it to a neutral site game and give up any advantage uh, we have against that opponent. That makes no sense strategically, and it doesn't help us in years where we're qualified for the um, uh, the uh, NCAA FCS playoffs. So no. I don't want I don't want two division two games at all, frankly. 
I would like FCS games against Mercer, Stetson, Kennesaw State. That's what I'm looking for. That's what's going to help our program. Okay. Home and home. I was just, I was simply talking about it from a reducing expenses point of view. And because if Classic we do invite, reducing no expenses. If we're not, if we don't have to pay anything, what expenses? But, if the per, but I, people got to pay. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody, ain't no, ain't no company, ain't no city or municipality that came say they want to pay as amount of dollars, give guarantees to see that game. Ain't nobody. So, so who are we talking about? What promoter? I, well, I look, look, Birmingham was willing to, <laughs> Birmingham was inviting what Jackson State and who UAPB to Love play that. in their city. I mean, you don't think a FAMU Tuskegee. I get it. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm just saying there are municipalities out there who would pay for that kind of fan base that Tuskegee has and that FAMU has. If if they know what the if the schools are demanding it to be done. That's all. So maybe Mobile won't. I get it. I'm just I, I that that's where I was coming from. That's the only why I'm saying it. I was bringing it up that way. All right. Um, all right. One other topic here before we break out. The news recently coming out, and this is from boardroom.tv. Howard Bison look like they're going to be uh, members of the team Jumpman as they are going to be the first HBCU to ink a uh, deal with, uh, with they're going to basically be a Jordan school joining uh, UNC, UCLA, Michigan, Georgetown, Marquette, San Diego State, Houston, Oklahoma, and Florida. Obviously, uh, there is only one LeBron school, that is FAMU, and Howard uh, choosing to do a school-wide deal with Jordan Brand. Um, I'm looking for numbers here. I don't see any numbers, obviously, because the official announcement hasn't come out. Um, But... uh, what are your thoughts, guys, on this? And I got to imagine a lot of this uh, is probably spurned on by the fact that FAMU's LeBron deal is uh, is what it is. What What are your thoughts on it, Kofi? I think it's good for Howard. I think it's good for HBCUs. I think Howard is definitely an iconic brand. Um, and, you know, Jordan is not going to invest in <laughs> into something where his money's going to be wasted. I think he's done his research to see how that's going to be beneficial given, but I like our deal better. I'll just put it like that and not call it a day. Not being petty, but I like I like the LeBron deal. And I think it's good for Howard and the HBCU brand. Hopefully more HBCUs will be able to get apparel deals that benefit their institutions. Right. Um, Hello? Thought- yeah, I got you. Go ahead, Kelvin. I, I like I like it. You know, um, I'm glad to see professional athletes who have the platforms and the businesses that they have are finally doing their part in promoting and bringing opportunities to HBs uh, to use. Um, you know, so 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 it's a it's a good deal. Uh, you know, Chris Paul, LeBron, like you say. All the professional athletes, you know, who have these tie-ins and relationships, they're leveraging it. They're leveraging it to uh, 
put out the HBCU brand. They're committed. They're in. They're using their resources. And that's always positive. And by the way, anytime somebody say, you know, I'm not trying to be petty, they trying to be petty. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay to be petty. I like ideal better too, Cole. <laughs> I do too. Of course, you know that precursor. I ain't trying to be petty or nothing, but who is um who who is they who is their apparel person? <laughs> I wish I had that petty song. Who is that on the armor? The contract with Under Armour. Yeah, the contract with Under Armour ends uh, ends uh what this year? This summer. It says later this summer. Yeah. Yeah. So is Steph now, Curry yeah. is Steph Curry covering anybody right now? Well, here's the, the thing. Uh, Here, Howard, Golf, Howard Golf. Right. According to the article, it says that the Jordan brand will not affect the unique pack the university has with uh, Stephen Curry's signature Curry brand that provides Bison Golf with resources, equipment, apparel, shoes, and other gear, which is probably good because I've heard people complain about Nike Golf gear. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's, uh, so I, I don't know. I guess you're going to you know, even though even though uh, the even though Jordan likes golf, um, I guess you're going to um, still continue to be in association in line with Curry uh, for as long. I mean, look, it was that was just a one sport thing anyway. So I don't I don't think you're going to conflict too badly there. Although you know, who knows? It is what it is, right? Um, all right. Uh, Final words, Kelvin, Kofi, uh, what are your final words as we get ready to shut it down for tonight? What do you got? Well, for me, I just want to, you know, shout out to the Rattlers, Scotty, everybody that's out there in ONG land. Uh, let me just say um, we've got plenty of work to do. Um, if you're HBCU, one of the things that I want to say needs to happen, especially at FAMU, we need to sell at least 10 to 12,000 season tickets, 10 to 12,000 season tickets, not just individual tickets and blah, 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 but we need to sell 10 to 12,000 guaranteed. Um, and let me just say that we have to, we have to commit to that aspect at least at the very least of uh, what we want to try to do going into the season and going into the national alumni convention Beyond that, it's important that we stay engaged and stay involved so that we can see the type of change that we want to see. Because in order for that change to manifest, ultimately, we have to be that change. We have to demand that change and that level of accountability so that we can shape the university the way that we want it to be shaped. It does. It's not going to happen if we just sit by and uh, watch from afar. Uh, they need to hear our voices. They need to hear our anger. They need to hear our frustration. And not only that, they need to hear the brilliance of our solutions as well. Because I've heard stuff uh, just in, in, in passing that is boardroom worthy if people would just open up their ears to listen. But I meant what I said about that whole board of trustees. If these jokers have not raised uh, any money for FAMU, uh, over the last, over there, I want to say during their tenure on the board, they immediately have to go. Immediately. All right, I'm done.
Well, hopefully all that information will come out uh, uh, soon. Um, Kelvin, what do you got? I just want to say that they, I want to encourage people right now. You know, there's a lot of things going on uh, in the world, um, not just at FAMU. Um, you know, it, it's a voting year. Let's make sure that we uh, vote the kind of politicians and leaders uh, in these midterms that represent our interests in our community and have our community and our interests at heart, right, who committed, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Um, today was the last day for voting in terms of the National Alumni President runoff. So those who are uh, added members, make sure you vote. I voted the first, you know, within five minutes to get my link uh, uh, both times. So, uh, you know, whether, you know, the candidate you want wins or not, participate. We need your, particip your, particip your participation in this. So stay encouraged, participate, and um, show love. Yeah. Uh, and an open invitation to the uh, whoever is the newly elected uh, National Alumni uh, Association president. We want you on the ONG. Let us know. Let us know what's going what, what's What are your plans for, for athletics? We want to hear you. We want to give you that platform so that you can let Rattler Nation know uh, – what to expect in the upcoming months and years. And hopefully we have someone in place who is, uh, you know, not afraid to make their voice heard, you know, because uh, that's what we need. Don't get fooled, folks. Coming up next week, ask why, you know. Here's a, here's an ask why. Ask why. Why does Georgia have better Florida A&M license plate tags in the state of Florida? <laughs> ask ask on, why. Now. That makes no flipping sense. We got a bootleg Rattler. Doesn't even look as good as the Rattler on Kelvin's wall. Uh, and the Georgia Georgia tags, if you've seen them online, they look good. I mean, I don't understand that. Uh, ask why. Atlanta is thing. boozy like that. You know, Atlanta Rattler, we, you know. Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, it's a Georgia license yes, plate. So, I mean, I guess there are that many Rattlers in Georgia that you've all been able to to get a good license plate. And those of us in the state of Florida, where actually the school is, got this old bootleg Rattler from 1990. I, I like, I like, I, I like my, I, I like my, my, my tags. Get off my tag, buddy. But I, I wouldn't mind a redesign. But, but it, but you know, it is, it's nice. Don't be hating. It's time for a redesign. It is not nice. I look at that thing and I cringe every time I see it. I'm just like that thing is that's, horrid, man. That's because you're scared. Of, that's because you're a rattler, but you're scared of rattlers. Oh, I'm scared of rattlesnakes. No lie. I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hey, I step out on the porch every morning and I look down just to make sure there's not a rattlesnake on you my front doorstep. I thank you. You should. Right? I'm, I've watched enough YouTube clips. I'm nervous. Uh, Anyway, hey, um, what a okay. So we got baseball this week. Stay tuned to that. Obviously, it's a big week. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, during the course of one of these shows, we got we got people who are in Birmingham. Maybe we'll uh, do a just a impromptu show. We'll just jump on a, a spaces or YouTube or something. So stay tuned. Stay engaged with us. Uh, follow us on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at ONG Strike Zone. 
Send us your thoughts and comments, ongstrikezone at gmail.com, and make sure you're following us uh, or go download that the uh, Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search MyJBN, MyBCSN. And thanks for uh, downloading and listening to our show on the BCSN Pod Zone, where you can rate and uh, subscribe. So that's going to do it for the show tonight. Next Wednesday show, I don't know, because look, National Alumni Association meetings are going on next week. Maybe we'll have a show. Maybe we won't. Uh, I know I wish I could be in Tallahassee next weekend, but I can't. Uh, I know Kelvin will be there. I don't know who Kofi is playing. Kofi, are you planning on being at Alumni Association next week? Oh, yes, sir. Okay, I got so... I didn't talk so, too much. I got to at least show my face yeah. one of them, two of them days. Yeah. So see, I, I know, I know, I know. There's an opportunity to do so. I would just maybe be the only one not there. Um, I don't know. We'll 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 have to talk, what's guys. You, maybe what you, uh, what you doing? What you what you doing? You know, School is out. If I, if I had a way to get there and get back in a 24 hour time period. And don't tell me, oh, it's just a three-hour drive. It's more than a three-hour drive. Tell Sterling Stevenson to ride up there. Sterling down there in your area. Ride with Sterling. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah, I know Sterling is. Yeah. All right. Um, That's going to do it for tonight's show. Shout out to our producer, Mel. Uh, Thank you, Mel. That's all we can say. Appreciate you always. Uh, Thank you, everybody on YouTube. Thank you, everybody on Facebook. Uh, if you're watching us on Twitter, wherever you're watching us, thank you for being a part of the ONG Strike Zone. Make sure to tell a friend, share, subscribe, like wherever you are. We appreciate you. Hit the thumbs up button on the way out the door. Rattler Nation, ask why. And while you're out there, be strong, be safe, and make sure you strike, strike, and strike again, Rattlers. Peace out.